Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to SF City Insider, a San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Trisha Thadani, a city hall reporter at the Chronicle. This episode, we spoke to District 4 candidate Jessica Ho. She's Katie Tang's legislative aide. Ho has many endorsements, from Mayor London Breed to Senator Scott Weiner. But some are skeptical of her, as she just moved back to San Francisco in March. The question stands if she can win in this district, which is full of homeowners and families. Jessica Ho, welcome. Off the clock as a legislative aide, and now um, as now your D4 candidate. Um, so... How we'll begin is we'll give you 60 seconds to do your elevator pitch. Sounds great. Three, two, one, go. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jessica Ho. I'm running for District 4 Supervisor. I'm currently a legislative aide to Supervisor Katie Tang, and I'm honored to have her endorsement, as well as the endorsement of Accessory Quarter Carmen Chu, Mayor London Breed, and San Francisco Firefighters. Um, I'm running for Supervisor to address the issue of homelessness. Uh, it's I don't think it's kind, compassionate, or humane to allow people to sleep on the cold streets of San Francisco night after night. Um, I'm running to address the affordable housing crisis. 30 seconds. And I really believe that we can work on streamlining our permitting processes to encourage people to build more creative housing like ADUs. And I'm working uh, on streamlining the permitting processes for small businesses so that they can open and thrive for years to come. I had the privilege of interning for Carmen when she was supervisor. She was a, a huge inspiration for me. And same with Katie and uh, became you know, very interested in working more closely in on policy and politics and uh, had the privilege of working on the federal, state, and local levels of government. Time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. We've had to cut everyone off. Um, all right, so we'll get right into it. Um, so you've had a whirlwind of a few months. Um, so you moved back um, to San Francisco in March from L.A. Um, you took a new job as a legislative aide for Katie Tang, as you said. And then just a few months later, you were suddenly running for supervisor. Um, that is a right. lot for anyone. It is a lot. Um, so can you walk us through like the, the decision to run when you came here? Sure. Um, for, for me, when I interned for Carmen, she was the first elected official that I had ever worked for. When did you intern for her? In 2012. Okay. And uh, I, you know, met Katie then and really started this mentorship mentee relationship with her. My background is in healthcare. I'm actually a dietitian by training. Mm. And I recognized that I needed more experience if I'm ever going to be an effective leader in policy. And so that's why I went to DC, worked there, um, and went to Sacramento as a Capitol Fellow and stayed on um, at the Department of Social Services as a legislative consultant for the department. Uh, really understanding the uh, state legislature process, had the opportunity to work for um, a federally qualified health center, which provides healthcare services to the undocumented and underserved communities. And then uh, finally worked for LA County Supervisor Janice Hahn as her senior health deputy. So really gaining all of these experiences, but I've always wanted to come back to San Francisco and I've kept in touch with Katie and she had an opening in her office. So I was very uh, glad to be back home and work for her as a legislative aide. Um, and, you know, it was very shocking when I found out she chose not to run again. 
Um, but I really want to serve and continue to serve and being able to um, bring access to services to the community in San Francisco, mm-hmm. regardless if you've lived there for five years or for five generations. I think equal access to services is so crucial. And I think that's one thing that Katie and Carmen did very well. And I want to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Was running for supervisor ever in your plan? It has not been, uh, to be honest. I <clears throat> did not you know, start out ever thinking I would run for office, but I really believe that, especially um, as a woman of color, that I want to really pursue my dreams of really serving, and I felt that this was an opportunity to serve the district. And I think that this is a way in which I can give back to the community uh, that my grandmother first came to in 1980. And I think that being a daughter of immigrants, that work ethic and and care and concern uh, for our communities and people who have been um, you know, disproportionately targeted, I think that really fuels my desire to go to give back. Could you talk a little bit about your ties to District 4? Sure. My grandmother, like you said, immigrated here in 1980 and lived here for many years. And even though she couldn't speak any English, uh, she was able to become a small property owner in the Sunset District. And I had the privilege of living in, uh, on 29th and Terrebelle after graduating from UC Berkeley and going to school at UCSF to become a dietitian. And for me, um, I spent a lot of time in the community, not politically, but just with the um, the church community, with people that are out there and really uh, getting to know people and just really fell in love with the district. Um, unfortunately, I did have to leave to get some experience in both healthcare and policy throughout the United States, but I've always wanted to come back. And also in my work um, in Sacramento and Los Angeles, I've always had a passion of organizing. And that's you know also, I think, why Katie saw that I know what it means to really listen to community members and really be able to respond and implement actual solutions Mm -hmm. uh, stemming from the community. Mm -hmm. You say you have a passion for organizing. Have you ever done it in a formal capacity before running for supervisor? Uh, I think in terms of organizing for local clubs, I have Mm -hmm. um, being able to reach out to the community and everywhere that I've lived to, you know, go out and actually campaign for, um, elected officials and causes that I thought were very worthy. And so uh, some of the things that I've done are, you know, working to actually campaign for uh, state controller Betty Yee, um, also where Assemblymember Al Mursucci down in Los Angeles. So these are some of the things that I've already started in my capacity as just the community organizer. Mm-hmm. And, and have, have you done any sort of community organizing in, in the Sunset or in District 4 in particular? The only kind of community organizing I did in San Francisco was really with the youth. I was a youth counselor for my church and mm-hmm. really um, very, it's amazing to see that now a lot of them are in college or graduating from college and um, actually helping out on my campaign. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been a really rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I met you out on Irving Street, we were there, right? Um, you were, so you grew up in LA, right? But you, were, you spent a lot of summers coming to the sunset and spending you were talking about some places that you were excited to be around yeah, again do you right. want to talk about some of those places uh sure i mean one of my favorite restaurants is kingdom of dumpling mm-hmm. um that's one place that i know frequented a lot uh and of course um you know f- for me sunset boulevard was like what i remember growing up coming to visit my grandmother and uh and my uncle who still lives in the district um, just going, it's so exciting to see, you know, the beautiful green grass as you're going to the Golden Gate Park. And it's such a um, sad kind of 
uh, situation out there. And that's something that I'm already working on as a legislative aide and really continue to want to advocate for um, not only more resources for District 4, but specifically to make our um, district even better, cleaner and greener. Jessica, it's pretty widely acknowledged that San Francisco needs more housing. That is absolutely correct. Uh, to, put it, to put it mildly. Uh, mm-hmm. The mayor who's endorsed you, as we said, is constantly talking about building more housing and building more housing faster. How much of that housing do you think should be built in District 4? And how much do you think the electorate there is, is willing to tolerate? So that's a really good question. And one of the ways I think we can add back thousands of units in the Sunset District is through streamlining our ADU, um, all the ADUs that are in our district. We have... Uh, about 3,000 estimated in-laws that have not been legalized. And so one thing that we can do is work with homeowners to bring these units online to provide affordable housing for for renters and especially for seniors who can't climb stairs as well anymore. So that's one way that I think we can really start to open up um, housing in the Sunset District. There's a teacher housing complex on 43rd and Judah, which is now called Playland. And that is another really exciting um, opportunity to add back some housing for teachers and paraprofessionals. Uh, Another way that I think we can really start looking at building is building to existing height limits. Um, In fact, a lot of places along Irving and Terraville, we haven't built up to the existing height limits. So there are projects there that we can look at at a case-by-case basis, and that makes sense for the community and can give back to the community. What do you think about the... um sort of common, I don't know if they call it a stereotype or a trope that gets thrown around about the western part of the city generally, that they're resistant to housing, that they're that they're NIMBYs in, in a word, right? Not in my backyard. Well, what do you make of that characterization? Well, in our district, we have a lot of uh, families and children and seniors. A lot of people um, move out to the Sunset District to start a family. It's a really great place because it has yards, and that's uh, unique in San Francisco. What are those? Right? (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think that is one of the things that makes the Sunset District great and unique. And so in order for us to look at developing more housing, we need to be very cognizant of how that really, uh, what that looks like in the Sunset District. And I think there's opportunities along our transit corridors. And so that's one way that I think we can start looking at um, maybe increasing some uh, some housing units there. But for the most part, I think uh, really as supervisor, it is my job to listen to the voices of the community. So I have to be very cognizant of that while balancing the need for more housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been a legislative aide for Katie Tang for the past seven months. So how has it been both like getting used to one job and then running for another? Um, and then what are some specific things that you've been working on as an aide in Katie Tang's office? Sure. So the, the one thing that I um, think has been really helpful is working in government for so long. Uh, a lot of processes are actually kind of similar. So being a senior health deputy in LA County, there's a lot of processes of legislation and budget that are basic concepts that I already have um, a, a base on. So picking up things at City Hall in San Francisco has been very, it's a lot easier because it's the fourth time I've really had to reacquaint myself with the process. So uh, that has actually been a lot easier than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of understanding the past legislation or how the budget works, that has been a, a pretty smooth process. So at, at least for the first part, run, um, learning the process of how it is to be a legislative aide, uh, because of having this experience working in LA and also Sacramento and DC, that part has been um, been been actually very fun for me and um, not as, I, I think I have a pretty good grasp of it by now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of running for supervisor, it's, it's, it, that is new. 
I have never run for office before. So that has been a new kind of experience for me and I've learned a lot. Um, but really the best part about running for office, and I think I can speak on behalf of my colleagues, is, is having the courage to really say that I, we care enough about the community that we want to be able to move things forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that um, I'm very thankful for. Mm-hmm. And and second part of my question, as a legit, um Some issues that I've been working yeah, on. Yeah, what are some yeah. specifics that you are so doing? One thing that I've, I've been working on is um, increasing, finding ways to increase community policing uh, along La Playa and Judah, uh, because that area, there's actually... Um, some some homeless people that have been in that area and the community members for years have been trying to organize and find ways and solutions for that area and there's some crime that's been happening so they've been advocating for more community policing out there and maybe even a substation and we've already started a committee working towards that effort another thing that i've been working on is with another community member she wants to start an effort that's grassroots to help seniors uh, find more resources in the sunset district mm-hmm. so she started this organization called senior power and she had her first meeting just recently and it's been something that i um, want to continue to support because in the sunset district there's only really a few resources out there for seniors and this one uh, main organization self-help for the elderly has the south sunset senior center and it's bursting at its seams and in fact uh, just yesterday at the planning commission they're trying to increase their space and so that they're able to actually provide more services for seniors in the sunset district another thing that i'm working on is um is sunset boulevard (laughs) it has been because of the drought not seen as much water as uh Mm. We, it has historically seen and so for that reason it's not as green and lush and beautiful as it once was and I think that's something that we need to work on to be able to find um, a long-term strategy to to provide recycled water for Sunset Boulevard because currently if you turn on the water for 15 minutes it utilizes 90,000 gallons of water mm. and that's directly from the Hetch Hetchy which is not a sustainable way to really use our water resource so mm. It's hard to imagine Sunset Boulevard as being like lush and right. It's beautiful, but, but it, it kind of beige. The gateway to the Golden Golden Gate Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and now um, is time for the lightning round. Um, so we're going to fire off some questions. So first one: um, What is the first piece of legislation that you would sponsor as supervisor if elected? That's a great question. Um, if elected as supervisor, one of the things that I would really like to work on is continuing to find ways to streamline streamline the permitting process for small businesses. Um, I'm really glad that Supervisor Katie Tang and Supervisor Asha Safayi uh, sponsored the Small Business Attraction Program. And I think there are other ways that we can look at streamlining permitting for small businesses that want to open and thrive in our districts. Jessica, a few, few measures I think have been uh, as closely watched um, and, and potentially divisive, uh, depending on who you ask, is, is Proposition C, the local measure for homelessness here. Where do you fall on that? Well, I think homelessness is definitely one of the biggest issues in our um, city. And one, we already spend $300 million a year on this issue. And so for me, I still am trying to figure out the research of, um, of how we're going to use that money. And I think that I haven't really um, have a strong position on it one way or another at this point. Do you feel like you will before November? It's possible. Um, Prop 10, the one that would repeal Casa Hawkins. What is your stance on that? I am not supporting Proposition 10 Mm -hmm. um, because I don't believe that repealing Casa Hawkins as a full repeal will um, achieve what the authors intend to achieve. I think it will make the housing crisis worse. Uh, I think that 
we will no longer see people want to build in San Francisco. And I think that a lot of homeowners will take a lot of units off the market. I wonder uh, how you feel about being considered a, a moderate candidate. We've been asking all all candidates in all of these district-wide races about the, the effects and the implications of labels, uh, political mm-hmm. labels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wonder uh, how you feel about being given the, the moderate label generally. Well, I think that it's, um, as we all know, San Francisco politics is very interesting. It's a unique beast of its own. and it's left or more left? <laughs> and for me... While I absolutely support social programs, that's why I'm a Democrat. I believe that you know we do uh, need to continue, you know, being able to accept everyone and find a way for all of us to to live together in harmony in, in San Francisco in the best way possible. I do also believe that we need to be fiscally solvent for us to continue as a world class city. So that's the balance that I want to bring to the board of supervisors. Is yes, we want to spend on, on great programs and services in the city, but we need to do it in such a way that we're not going to we're going to be fiscally solvent. So do you agree with the moderate label or do you push against that? That's a really interesting question because I don't know how much I like labels in general because putting people in boxes um, is very limiting as a viewpoint because each person has their own opinions and ideas about about things and, and putting labels like moderate or progressives um, really limits people's viewpoints on how a person really operates under different situations. And I, I think everyone is entitled to their own opinions and thoughts. Uh, so I'm, I'm ambivalent about, about the label. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much. This show is a part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. It was produced by me, Dom Fercasa. For more City Hall coverage, visit sfchronicle.com.